Gideon is gone, and so was morality. As soon as Gideon died, Israel went back to living like God was a substitute teacher. They could do whatever they wanted because God wouldn't or couldn't do anything about it. But he could, and he did. For nearly 20 years, God stirred up a new enemy to oppress Israel. This time, he stirred up the Ammonites. When Israel finally had enough, they called out to God to call off the Ammonites, and Judges 10 verse 16 pulls back the curtain and shows a tender side of the nature of God. His soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. He's not the reason they're in misery. They are, and yet he compassionately wanted to put a stop to it. God didn't want to judge Israel any more than a dad wants to pull the car over. God simply wanted Israel to stop destroying themselves and their nation through their blatant, unbridled sin. The people of Ammon marched toward Israel as if they were going to attack. And Israel marched toward the people of Ammon, but they knew they were no match. They had been attacked for nearly 20 years, and they had no leader. They had walked away from God, turned a deaf ear to whatever leaders they had in the past, and now they're about to pay for their sin with their lives. They needed someone to step up, step in, and lead them to fight against the Ammonites. But who? Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to I Vowed a Vow on Simplify. Someone remembered Jephthah. Jephthah was a warrior, but he was different from everybody else. His mom made her living at night, and that got Jephthah kicked out of his own family. When his brothers grew up, they realized Jephthah wasn't fully their brother. They shared a father, but not the same mother. And when they realized what his mom did for a living, they showed Jephthah the door. A bunch of rogue rapscallions joined up with Jephthah, and they went raiding for a living. Israel heard Jephthah's name on the news time and time again as a person of interest in yet another raid. And some of the leaders in Gilead thought, hmm, he might be the leader we're looking for. So they sent for Jephthah and asked him to step in and lead the charge against the invading Ammonites. What did they have to lose? And Jephthah was confused. Wait a minute, aren't, aren't you the same guys who kicked me out of my house? Why do you want me to come home now? Well, because we need you. If you come home now, we'll make you a promise. We'll let you be our leader. We'll do everything you say. That was an offer Jephthah couldn't refuse. He came home, and Gilead kept their word. They appointed him as their leader, and Jephthah went right to work. He wrote a letter first to the king of Ammon to try to end this war in peace. He wrote, Dear king of Ammon, I hope you're well. Weather's pretty nice here. Why are you attacking us? Sincerely, Jephthah. The reply came back quickly. Dear Jephthah, congratulations on your new appointment as leader. I'm attacking you because your people took our land when you came out of Egypt. Give it back and we'll leave you alone. Jephthah read the letter and he read the history books. That's not what happened at all. So he wrote back to the king of Ammon to correct his mistake in history. Israel didn't take anybody's land. They were attacked on their way out of Egypt. They had asked several kingdoms if they could peacefully walk through their land. We won't touch anything. We won't hurt anybody. We just want to walk through. And those kingdoms attacked Israel. Israel fought back. And the Lord of hosts fought for Israel. Israel would have left them alone. But they would not leave Israel alone. 
That's what really happened. Don't blame us. We didn't take anything. God gave it to us after you attacked us. These were two type A national leaders trying to solve this by saying the other guy is wrong. They're never going to get anywhere. They were heading head on into another war. And suddenly something happened for Jephthah that had never happened before. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he had felt powerful, strong, brave. He felt like God was on his side, and he could not lose. And if God fought for Moses and Joshua and Deborah and Barak and Gideon, surely God would fight for him. Jephthah recruited soldiers all along the way until he marshaled a formidable army to fight the Ammonites. Then he prayed a prayer, and he vowed a vow to God. He vowed, God, if you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will offer as a burnt sacrifice to you the first thing that comes out of my house. Jephthah got off of his knees led the charge, and he cut through the Ammonites like a tornado through toothpicks. God fought for Israel, and they destroyed 20 of Ammon's strong towns. Ammon was crushed. Jephthah was thrilled. Israel was free. The war was over. And as Jephthah was making his way home to celebrate with his family, his daughter came dancing out the door of the house, playing the tambourine. It was the happiest day of her life. Her dad, her hero, was the victor. It was the happiest day of Jephthah's life until he remembered his vow. I will offer as a burnt sacrifice to the Lord the first thing that comes out of my house. Oh God, please let it be a wolverine or a goat. It was his daughter, his only daughter, his only child. She couldn't understand why her dad was so sad. He should be happy. We won. We're free. You're in charge. Jephthah ripped his robes. Papa, what's wrong? Why are you so sad? And Jephthah broke the news. Sweetheart, I vowed a vow to the Lord, and I can't go back on my word. The writer of Judges doesn't tell us he told her, but she knew it wasn't going to end well for her. She swallowed hard and bravely and courageously told her dad, Papa, whatever you told God you would do to me, go ahead. You do it. Just, would you give me two months to lament the fact that I'll never know the joys of marriage or motherhood? Would you give me that much? Jephthah nodded. His daughter and her friends went up to the mountains and lamented Jephthah's daughter's very tragic future. Two months later, just as she promised, she and they came back, and Scripture records Jephthah carried out his vow, which he had vowed, and she never knew the joys of marriage or motherhood. What in the world? This story is one of the strangest stories in Scripture. A prostitute's son was kicked out of his house and his family, but then they asked him to come back and lead everybody, and when he led everybody to an upset victory, he sacrificed his own daughter, his only daughter, to God as a burnt sacrifice simply because he vowed a vow. How does that happen? It happens when everyone does what is right in their own eyes. It's the theme song of the book of Judges. Judges 17, verse 6 reads, Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. When we stray from hearing God and following him and following his word, we end up with stories like Jephthah's. We're just minding our business going through the book of Judges like a family going through a rough neighborhood at night, and we can't help but lock the doors and shake our heads when we read these sordid stories and see all around us what happened when people decided, I'm going to do what I think is right. 
So let me try to unpack this for us. First of all, God never called Jephthah to sacrifice his daughter. Jephthah vowed a vow. God did not tell him to vow a vow. And just because he vowed a vow doesn't mean God required him to carry it through. Jephthah had another option. He could have repented. He could have asked God to forgive his foolish vow, but he didn't. In his self-righteousness, or maybe just misguided righteousness, Jephthah sacrificed his own daughter's future so he could keep from looking foolish. Now, when I first really read this story, I, I felt like I had to defend God. Maybe, maybe Jephthah just offered his daughter to serve God without knowing the joys of marriage and motherhood. In their Hebrew culture, marriage and motherhood were high honors. But I don't have to defend God, and neither do you, because God didn't do any wrong to anyone. God never told Jephthah to vow it. God never told Jephthah to keep it. If Jephthah truly sacrificed his daughter as a burnt sacrifice, he did it on his own. God didn't ask him. In their honor-shame culture, it would have been very difficult for Jephthah to swallow hard, admit he was foolish, repent of his vow, and keep his daughter. But he could have, and he should have. But Jephthah was a leader, and leaders, well, they don't make mistakes. At least, in Jephthah's mind, his vow wasn't a mistake, wasn't a sin, else he would have repented of it. I thank God for leaders. I thank God for shepherds willing to live their lives, leading us to step up and lead us. But just because a man or woman of God does it or says it does not make it automatically right. How do we know what is right? We go back to the forever settled word of God. It never changes. It never fails. The Apostle Paul, who was one of the prime leaders in the New Testament church, went so far as to say, If I or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that which was already preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, if a preacher says it or does it, if a leader says it or does it, but it, whatever it is, crosses swords with Scripture, Scripture is always right. Let Jephthah's sordid story Teach us to look to God and His Word to make sure we and those we lead and those who lead us are following God and His Word. His daughter's tragic story is scribed in Scripture as a testimony that everybody loses when everybody does what is right in their own eyes. I would like us to pray. I know this is a strange story. But I would like us to pray that we would follow the Word of God and we would follow the God of the Word. And we as leaders and those who lead us would follow the Word of God. Jesus, I thank you for your forever settled, never failing, never changing Word. I am surprised when I read this story in Scripture. I scratch my head when I read how sordid life was for Israel back in that day when they kept forsaking you and turning to other gods and turning to their own morality. Help us, Lord, never to do that as a church. As followers of Jesus Christ, help us to follow you, to follow your word. Help us, Lord, to base our lives not on our feelings or our emotions or on practically and pragmatically what we think will work, but help us to look to you and to your word. And when we make mistakes and when we fail and fall and when we give wrong advice, help us, God, to have the humility to repent, to ask for forgiveness of you and of others. 
Help us, Jesus, not to carry out rash vows and foolish vows simply to save face, but rather may we look to you and follow you. You alone are holy and righteous. Help us to live holy and righteous simply by looking to you. We pray this and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for sticking with me on this episode, Simplify Listen. I know it's weird. I know it's a strange story, but it's in Scripture, and we have to have an answer for it when people ask us, why in the world would God require this? Well, there's our answer. He did not. Be sure to click subscribe, follow, like, share, and let others know about the podcast, and let others know that 10 Words finally has a friend. The second in the series, it's called Blessed Are, A Practical Look at the Beatitudes. It's written after the style of 10 words, but it's on the Beatitudes as opposed to the Ten Commandments. So you can pick that up now at PentecostalPublishing.com. You can pick it up at Amazon. And very soon, it'll be available for Audible if you would rather listen than read. 10 words is on PentecostalPublishing.com. And so is Simplify, the devotional that launched this podcast, as well as a host of other great apostolic Pentecostal resources, and if you use promo code SIMPLIFY, you'll save 10% off your entire order. If you haven't used it before, promo code SIMPLIFY. Next week, I want to share with you the final devotion in this Book of Judges series, and it'll be great to get out of Judges because, wow, it's just sorted and strange in the Book of Judges. But I want to share with you a devotion called They Vowed a Vow. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week, and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.